0: old world are you i am i'm ready for the trumpet to sound we're going to leave this old world and uh, in the twinkling of an eye we will be caught up in the clouds i believe that i believe that the bible said jesus will return when he returns the next time he will meet us in the air and he'll take us uh, to heaven and the trumpet will sound and that's the next thing on god's agenda on his uh, prophetic uh, timeline Our text verse is verse number 31, where the Bible says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Boy, he got his attention, didn't he? Called his name twice. That's like your mama calling your first name and your middle name. That means pay attention. Pay attention. Trouble's coming. Pay attention. Simon, Simon. And then he says this, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. I want to preach tonight on this subject, Satan's desire to have you. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word. As I looked in the faces of young people as they were singing, and Lord, thinking about the message tonight, as I watch folks that are enjoying singing and Praising you and worshipping your name. And I thought about this. I thought how the devil seeks to devour us. and We need to be aware of it. And we need to hear the warning of the words of the Lord Jesus. So help me to preach it as it is written. Not to take away. Not to add to. But just as it is given. I pray that we would listen tonight. In Jesus name. Amen war frightens me and unsettles my heart and mind. I'm bothered by the war in Israel. Doesn't matter who it is that gets hurt, killed, injured. It bothers me. It bothers me of the invasion in Ukraine by Russia. It bothers me to see the weapons firing The missiles flying through the air, the warships that are gathering there in the Mediterranean, the ground troops, the explosions, bothers me to see and know that there are prisoners or hostages and they're in danger in their lives. All of that is unsettling to me. I'll be glad when it is settled. I'll be glad when Hamas is history. But the Lord Jesus warns us of one that is more dangerous than Hamas or Hezbollah or ISIS. And that is the devil. I think of the enemy that we have. I think of his intelligence. And what he knows about us. And how he knows what our weaknesses are. And to know his desires. To know that he follows no war laws that he is a war criminal. He follows no guidelines, none. He simply seeks to devour us. My wife and I have a dozen chickens at home. They're they're just pullets. They're young chickens. And the raccoons are always trying, sometimes successfully, to get my chickens. That bothers me. When they, I, it does. It just bothers me. When I find one that's been killed, it bothers me. And I watch out for those raccoons. I try to shoot toward the ground. But anyway. I'm going to preach for a few minutes on the subject of what Jesus said Satan desires to have you. I'm going to give you five simple statements quickly. First of all, the plea of the devil. Satan hath desired to have you. When I read those words, I think of Job chapter 1 as God and Satan were having conversation. And he asked where the devil had been. He said, uh, walking up and down the earth. And God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him? And Satan asked permission to get at Job. He said, Job serves you for naught. He said the reason that he serves you is all of the blessings that you've given to him. If you took away all of those blessings, Job would not serve you. He'd curse you. God allowed Satan to sift Job. What an amazing testimony. It's almost beyond our imagination as Job has a funeral for ten children. He loses his wealth. He loses his health. And Job declares, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus tells Peter, and it's almost as if he and Satan had met again, as they did recorded in Job chapter 1, and he said, Peter, Satan hath desired to have thee. We hear the word Satan or the name Satan. We talk about the devil, and sometimes we, we... Have reduced him to a caricature, or we have reduced him to a cartoon figure, and we just think uh, we don't have to worry about him, the devil will take care of him. Uh, But as I read the Word of God, uh, uh, the devil is to be feared. Have you seen how a wolf desires to devour animals that are vulnerable? Uh, they are, the wolf is vicious and they are relentless after their prey. And the Bible doesn't call us wolves. The Bible calls us sheep. Sometimes we're not very smart. Sheep need a shepherd. The wisest thing a sheep ever does is to follow its shepherd. But Satan as a wolf desires to have us that he may sift us as wheat. Peter refers to the devil as a roaring lion in 1 Peter. And he refers to him as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That ought to concern us tonight to think that the devil is after us. He is trying to get us. John speaks of Satan as the accuser of the brethren. The Lord Jesus calls Satan the prince of this world... The Lord Jesus called the devil a murderer and a liar and the father of lies. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 11, he talks about the wiles of the devil. Those are the tricks. Those are the deceptions of Satan, how he would lead us to think that we're following a good path, doing a right thing when the truth is he is leading us to a trap Of destruction and the only way that it can be prevented uh, that destruction uh, that uh, uh, that trap of Satan is for me to pay very close attention to the Shepherd and follow the path that the Shepherd has led me on get the warning if you will Satan have desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat understand it was Satan that defeated a King David the man after God's own heart it was Satan that caused Peter himself to fall as recorded here in Luke chapter 22. It uh, It was Satan himself who attacked the very Christ, the very Son of God in Matthew chapter 4 and almost identical words in Luke chapter 4. And if he would go against the very God of heaven, if he would go against the very Son of God, the Lord Jesus, don't you know the devil is out to devour us? Yes, he is. it's frightening to me to see how many thousands of people are protesting and not just protesting the war but supporting terrorism in our nation it bothers me as I travel every week, and I'm glad I'll not be flying for the next week or so, but, uh, but then uh, in two weeks I'll be flying to Michigan and then North Carolina and to hear uh, those warnings, and, they, and they'll talk about orange alert or yellow alert or red alert and the concern of terrorism in our nation. Uh, that concerns me, but more than terrorism, Jesus gives a red alert and he says, please understand, Satan is out to, to devour you. He has desired to, to sift you as wheat. I want you to notice the process of, shift, of, of, of uh, sifting. First of all, we see the plea of Satan and then we see the process of sifting. And I want you to think with me on this point. Jesus is telling Peter that Satan wants to sift him as wheat. That means to tear him apart into small pieces. When I was a boy, my grandmother, my dad's mom, made biscuits most every day. She never had artificial biscuits or biscuits in a can, but she would always make her own biscuits. And so she would get the big flour pan out, and the first thing she would do is reach in the flour sack with a sifter, a metal can with a screen in the bottom, little handle on the side. wasn't electric, wasn't electronic. Didn't have a screen on it. It did, but it wasn't an electronic screen. It was a metal screen. Am I over your head? You'd reach in that barrel of or that uh, sack of flour, and 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 she would sift it like that. And the reason being is there'd always be just little bitty small pieces, uh, uh, sometimes of a stone or maybe clumps of flour, and and she would sift those out so that the flour was was perfectly smooth and was in uh, very small pieces. And then uh, she would take a place in the middle. Oh, I'm liking this story. And uh, she would pour buttermilk in the middle, and then she would put some eggs in the middle, and then she would get in that copper can where she kept her lard. Now, now, she didn't know anything about cholesterol. Had she known what cholesterol was, she'd have fried it and eaten it, but she didn't know what cholesterol was. But then she'd put that lard in there, and then she wouldn't use a spoon, she'd use her hands. And then she would choke out those biscuits. I mean, I'll guarantee you she could choke out the same size biscuit every time that you could cut with a can. I mean, they were all, boy, I can smell them right now. She is in heaven making biscuits for the marriage supper of the Lamb getting ready right now. But I remember that sifter, and when I read this, Satan hath desired to sift you, or he hath desired to tear you apart. Now, I want you to hear what I'm about to say God allows sifting for the good. Satan is desiring to sift you for destruction there's a difference i'll come to that in the next point satan wants the opposite of what god desires satan has nothing good in mind for you or for me his desire is to destroy us to, uh, to defeat us to keep us from the joy and happiness of life and and that while we learn that god is love satan is filled with hate It is Satan that's behind the acts of terrorism that would behead children and that would take the lives of innocent people. That, my friend, is the work of Satan. You see, God is truth and Satan is a liar. God is good and Satan is evil. God wants to get rid of the chaff. Satan wants to destroy the grain. You see, Satan sifted the prodigal son. He took everything that he had. Prodigal son had a good bit of money. He took his inheritance. It was enough to get him to a far country. It was enough to get him a riotous living and a riotous life for some time. Oh, but when the devil was finished at sifting the prodigal son, uh, he woke up, he was hungry. The Bible said he did feign the husk uh, that the swine did eat. He looked at them thinking the hogs have something to eat, and I don't have anything to eat. And he thought of his father, and he thought of his, uh, the servants of his father how they had bread enough to eat and despair. he said I will arise and go to my father's house but I want to tell you Satan did to that boy what he wants to do to you and what he wants to do to me he doesn't want to sift us for the good he wants to sift us for destruction Satan sifted Samson and he took all that he had you may not think it's a big deal to listen to your parents when it comes to dating the right person You may not think it's important. You may not think it's a big deal. For your parents to have a right to have influence in who you choose as friends or not friends. But Samson thought he was smarter than his parents and he chose the wrong girl. And the devil sifted him his wheat and he sifted him for destruction. And he left him with nothing. A man that was strong. A man that had power like no other man had had. I mean it was an amazing thing. They put him in the city of Gaza and they closed the gates of the city to keep him on the inside Samson was so strong he took those gates and he just lifted them off the hinges and he carried them to the top of the hill Samson was a mighty man Ah, but when Satan got finished sifting Samson he was blinded and he was hooked up to a harness as a donkey would be grinding at the grist mill that's what Jesus was warning us from don't let the devil get us to sift us for destruction Satan sifted Naomi and Limelech. While she thought she was leaving the famine and going to a place where they could have uh, the things of life, Uh, her testimony would be, I went out full, but I came back empty because that's what Satan desires to do, is to sift us for destruction. But third of all, I want to say there's a purpose for godly suffering. You see, God allows sifting not for destruction God allows sifting, He allows trials, He allows difficulties to come to our life, not for our destruction, but for our good and His glory. Are you with me tonight? Romans chapter 8, please turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. I want you to notice what the scripture says and mark this place. We're going to look at it again in just a few minutes. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, uh, verse number 28. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, as uh, Satan desires to sift us for destruction, God allows some sifting for our good. And he says, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Notice this, this is the good to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You understand tonight, God allows sifting for the good of us and the good of his will. While Satan was permitted of the sifting process of Job wasn't for his destruction it was for his good and god's glory how many times have we been reminded to be patient as was job in the trial because that encourages us because he kept his faith in god i think of joseph who was sifted all but when we come to genesis chapter 50 he said to his brothers you meant this for evil but god meant it for good i went through the prison i went through the pit I i was cast out of, the, out of the home of Potiphar's house uh, Oh, but I ended up in the will of God and God allowed the sifting he allowed the fire not to hurt us but to consume the dross that's the purpose of what God allows in suffering we have to be ready for the sifting and suffering that comes to our lives we must be in line with the will of God and walking in the presence of God for you see for you see when uh, God uh, was uh, faced by Satan in the book of Job, uh, there was a limitation. Are you listening? He, there was a limitation because Job was in the will of God and he's telling Peter, Peter, you stay in my will because there's a sifting coming and that attack of the devil, you can, you can go through it for the good, but if you get out of my will, understand that Satan desires not for your good, but for your destruction." Peter was about to learn about himself. As God allowed Satan to work in his life to sift him and bring about the good, Satan desired to destroy his life, and he almost did by his attitude. You see, Peter was not wrong in his desire to be with Jesus in Matthew 26 and Luke 22, but he was wrong in his dependence Hear me well, I cannot defeat the devil. You cannot defeat Satan, but God can. I must stay in the will of God. I want to give you the fourth thing, and oh, how I love this. You say, preacher, you said that at point three. Well, I love point four too. The prayer of the Savior. Go back to Luke chapter 22. The prayer of the Savior he says But I have prayed for thee Peter I have prayed For thee (laughs) How precious that the Lord Jesus said Peter I prayed for thee You see, while Satan is the accuser of the brethren, Jesus is the advocate of the child of God. Take your Bibles and go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, and verse number 1, My little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin," We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. What a friend, what a friend, what a friend we have in Jesus. Go back to Romans chapter 8 again. We looked at verses 28 and 29. While Satan is the accuser of the brethren, Jesus is the advocate of the child of God. Notice that he says in Romans chapter 8 again in verse number 26, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us With groanings which cannot be uttered And he that searcheth the heart Knoweth uh, uh, what is the mind Of the spirit because He maketh intercession for the saints According to the will Of God That's why he says in Hebrews chapter 4 Come boldly to the throne of grace That you may find mercy And find grace to help in time Of need And then go back to Luke chapter 4 Let me give you the last thing and I'll finish Luke chapter 22, I'm sorry. Luke chapter 22, we find the priority of service. Jesus said to Peter, When thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. And what that means is when the sifting process has ended, teach others what you have learned. When thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Jesus here knows that peter is going to fail in fact in matthew chapter 26 he not only knows that he's going to fail he tells him how he's going to fail he tells him what's going to happen he tells him about the rooster crowing and he said when the cro- uh, when the cock crows uh, he said and you've denied me oh but the lord jesus the lovely lord jesus our friend the lord jesus says all oh, but Peter, this sifting is not for your destruction. This sifting is for your goodness. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. I want to give you a statement that's worth you coming to church for tonight. Jesus proves to us what a friend is. And I'm going to give you this statement. A friend does not judge our motive. But will correct us on wrong and bad behavior. A friend doesn't judge the motive. But a friend will correct you on wrong and bad behavior. You know what he was saying? Peter, I know you love me, and I know you intend to do right, but you're doing it in the wrong way. He said, he said your motive is right, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. God help us to be friends. Sometimes folks do stupid things with the right motive. Are you with me? Sometimes a child would do a dumb thing, but they intended to do with a they intended to do it for the right reason. They wanted to be a help and they broke something or they tore something up or they went to the wrong place or they did something dangerous. Jesus said, Peter when thou art converted, I'm so thankful, I'm so encouraged that Jesus knew he would go through the sifting and there would be some failing in the life of Peter but he said when thou art converted strengthen the brethren and certainly Peter did do that for it was the Lord Jesus that said in Mark chapter 16 and verse number 7 of the Bible says uh, when Jesus said go tell the disciples and Peter, he wanted Peter to know who backslid at this time and went away from God in that sifting time. He went away from God. He said, I'm leaving the will of God. I'm leaving the work of God. I'm going back to fishing Jesus rose from the grave, he said, tell the disciples and Peter. It was Peter that was called on to preach in that great national and world conference of Pentecost when 3,000 people were saved and baptized and added to the church. It's Peter that's called on to write two of the 66 books in the Bible. Thank God that God allows me to go through the sifting for the good. Ah, but be careful, the devil... He doesn't want to sip me for good. He wants to sip me for destruction. I'm saying tonight all of us will go through the fire. All of us will go through the difficulty, and some reason, and I'm closing with this some reason, some reason that if it all turns out in the end, it doesn't matter how I live my life, that's a dumb route to go. Some may say, well, it all ended up right with Jonah. It did, but who wants to live 3 days and 3 nights in the belly of the whale? That's sort of dumb, isn't it? I mean, I mean I mean who wants to have that? In their, in their life testimony I don't want to go through any more than I have to I want to be yielded to the will of God I want to be yielded in my walk with God and when Jesus warns Peter Simon, Simon Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat that makes me want to stay very close to the Savior you see John is in prison he was being sifted but for the good Stephen, the preaching deacon, the powerful preacher, he was sifted for the good because he stayed in the will of God. Are you going through the sifting tonight? I say tonight, press on, hold on, have faith in God, stay in the will of God. Even if God permits Satan to do the sifting, God can use it for good if we stay close to the will and person of God. Say, preacher, how do I do that? When you get up in the morning, talk to him first. Pick up this book and let him talk to you a few minutes. Yield your life to his will. Tomorrow may include some sifting, but I promise you, it will be for the good, not for your destruction, if we're walking in his will. Stand with me, if you will, tonight. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. In just a moment, we'll have our invitation song. The altar will be open for us to do business with God. Perhaps you're here tonight and you've never received Christ as your Savior. Perhaps you're here tonight and you've never thought of the fact that everyone has sinned against God. And there's a penalty for sin. And that penalty is death and hell.